This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson, and today I am just so thrilled to be talking with my friend, Brittany Cooper. She is a mom, a hairstylist, a entrepreneur, and it was such an honor and a privilege to talk with this girl. She inspires me every time I see her, um, which it used to be just when she did my hair, but now we've decided to make it official and be real friends. <laughs> and um, she just has so much wisdom and hustle, and I wanted to share that with you. Today we talk about um, some hard stuff. We talk about her going through a divorce, being a single mom. We talk about how she dealt with the unexpected death of her sister at such a young age. Um, and she brings it. She brings the wisdom. She brings the passion. And this is the kind of person that you want to know and be friends with. This is the kind of person you want to hear from. Like I felt like I got off this interview um, just jazzed and just ready to go and inspired about life. And she said the same thing. So I know that you're going to love this episode. So please enjoy my conversation with Brittany Cooper. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on Worth Your Time. I'm so excited today to be talking with my friend, Brittany Cooper, who is someone that I wanted to interview from the very beginning. So Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. Honestly, I'm honored. And I know um, this is such a special venture for you. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So before we jump into questions, can you guys just give us a little background about you and your life and where you come from and kind of um, just lay that out for us so people know who yeah, they're talking to. For sure. So I am a 33-year-old mother of two. I uh, am from the South. That is where my heart will forever be. Um, I was actually born in Louisiana. I had one parent from uh, the North uh, North States, and then my, um, my mom was from the South. So there's kind of been like this constant tug and pull of North and South in our families. Um, so I basically grew up the majority of my life down south. And then let's see, it was almost, gosh, it's been 11 years now. I made my way up uh, to Indiana. So I've been up here now, um, been doing hair for about 10 years. And gosh, most of my days are just spent trying to figure out how to run a business, to run it well, um, and to raise two little humans. So that's, that's pretty much the synopsis of most of my life these days. But yeah, <laughs> I love being up North now. It kind of grow on me a little bit. I I'm still a Southern girl through and through, but I've really come to love, I'm literally sitting here looking out of the window at all the beautiful leaves because they've finally changed. I, my mom was just in town recently and she was like, I feel like as soon as I leave town, the leaves are going to change. I said, I guarantee you that what's what will happen. And no joke, like two days after she left, they all turned. <laughs> yeah, Our well, Southern, it's so weird. Yeah. I mean, that is the one good thing about, not the one good thing, but one of the many good things about Indiana is that they do have beautiful falls. Oh, I know. And especially when we can like enjoy them because sometimes it feels like they run straight into winter but this one's we've kind of hung on to this one a little bit longer I feel like than we have in a while but yeah they're they're gorgeous especially if you can get out to some of that more like hill country it's oh it's to die for so what part of Texas did you say you were from so I I grew up in Houston Texas oh um, Houston so very yes. south, very south well, yeah very south very muggy hot very hot Yes. Yeah. Well, you de- you do- you don't have a southern accent, that's for sure. I know. It's weird because people are like, "You really are from the south," and I'm like, "I think." So I was I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, and then at two, we actually moved up here to the north for about seven years, I think. Then back down south. So I feel like I did a lot of moving to where I didn't have like the roots, like you know, like when early on you're learning to talk. I feel like that's kind of the groundworks of it, but um. 
if I go back home and visit all my extended family for long periods of time, I do come back with a little bit more of a twang, but it's probably not all that genuine. So <laughs> that's I'm so just a true. Mutt. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, Brittany, whenever I talk to you, whenever I'm seeing you on social media, you always just seem like you have such a positive spirit and just an optimistic Aww. outlook on life, even though I know that you've been through a lot and we'll get into Thank some you. of that. But you are raising these two adorable little girls. At the ages are what, one and five? Uh, four. They The littlest just turned one in August and then the oldest just turned four like a couple weeks ago. So yeah. Yeah. They, they're super cute, just like their mom. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, um, and you're doing that as a single mom. So yes. um, that's one reason that I'm in awe of you because not only are uh-huh. you raising these two amazing little girls, you're also an entrepreneur, a business owner. You Um, you were working for, um, someone else doing hair. And then recently, what, about a year ago, you launched your own thing, right? Yeah. So actually, so when I got out of school in 2009, um, hair school, I went to the Veda Fredericks Institute here in Indianapolis. I was fortunate enough to get a job right into a salon. So I had actually started the last half of my schooling. I was working nights at the salon as an apprentice, um, just trying to get my career going because I was a late bloomer. Like a lot of times in the hair world, most people will come out straight out of high school. Um, but I didn't, um, I was married at the time and I didn't have a career and I was just trying to figure out something I wanted to do. And I always had a passion for people and for fashion. And I thought, well, let's see, maybe I can be good at hair. It was just kind of like cross your fingers. Hope I'm not terrible at it, but (laughs) I went and fell in love with it. So I was fortunate enough to go straight into a salon. I was there, I think for two years, then I ended up, we moved to Texas for a year and then came back to Indiana. So I, I went on my own then, but came right back to the salon. Um, but then I think it was in 2013, I decided I really just wanted the freedom of being my own boss. So, um, that's when I moved up to the fashion mall area and worked in the salon lofts and I was able to start my own business. And I kind of kind of dive in head first. I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I just had to figure it out as I went. Um, but then, so I was there for about four years and just last year is when I moved over to the space that I'm at now, but it was just like a perfect blend of the salon life and being your own owner. Um, because I, I like the salon atmosphere. Like I love, um, the camaraderie and often like in hair, it's like, you kind of want to be able to consult or pitch around different ideas or what do you think about this formulation or this angle of this layer? And so the one negative of being on your own when you're secluded, like in a space solely by yourself, you don't get as much of that interaction. Although that's what I needed at the time. Um, this just this last year, I kind of knew with some of the changes in my own personal life, I kind of wanted that team spirit again. So I found um, Hugh, which is a little salon that opened up, but it was booth rent. And the girl that's uh, running it, uh, we have just become such good friends because of it. And so now I get the joy of being able to work with two other women again, have a little bit more of that salon life feel, um, but still very much my own independent business. So it's, it's funny when you look back on like, especially on anything, but especially careers, you can kind of see how it twists and winds. And sometimes your moves at the time don't make a lot of sense and you don't really see the benefit or how it's all going to work out. And then I swear, like every good five ish years, you can look back and go, oh, okay, I see why that happened or why I made that decision or why this change came out of nowhere. It's kind of all starts to make more sense. So I'm very, very fortunate. I love what I'm doing and the space I'm at. I'm kind of like, God, can we just stay right here for a while? Because this is a good fit. I want to just keep things where they're at right now. But who knows? I'm sure there's more exciting things coming down the road. So, Well, when I see you, you are always hustling as you you have to be as a mom. Um, And you are um, not only, you know, doing hair, being a mom, you're also involved with Monate the mm-hmm. hair product um, company that that's only four years old, I think, isn't it? Yeah, three. It's not even, oh no, it just hit its fourth anniversary this year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you got me on board. So now I'm using yeah. it <laughs> and I love it. I, I got it for postpartum hair loss and uh, it really did the trick. So anybody that's looking for that, um, like magic. You know, Nate, yeah. I mean, it was like the spray that you gave me and I've used it religiously twi- like uh-huh. once or twice a day for, I don't know, the past five, six months or so. And yeah. it really filled it in for me. And that's exactly uh, what I was looking for. So you got involved yeah. in that. And then you're very, um, you're very active on social media. You do a lot of um, Instagram stories. You do a lot of live videos with your hair stuff, not just like, mm-hmm. you know, like when you, you're giving someone a new hairstyle and right. using the Monate products and 
doing all that you do, um, what gives you your energy? What gives you your, in- <laughs> well, yeah, that's the one thing that people will want to know, but right. what gives you the inspiration and just kind of like that hustle, uh, spirit that you seem to have? Um, and, and how do you do it as a mom of two little girls? Gosh, I wish I had some like magical, like revolutionary answer to give you, but I mean, you know, I, and I want to say one thing real quick, cause I want to make this very clear. Like, yes, my story is different and also can be very relatable to other people, but I think it's very easy to, for some people, I won't say all, um, but some people can, their story, if it didn't go exactly how they planned, they can victimize themselves or it can be, it turn into this pity party scenario or, well, I'm just doing the best with what I got. And I feel like, you know, specifically speaking to moms, I think no matter your relational status, being a mom is one of the most challenging things that you will ever do as a human being. It is such a joy, as you are well aware of, it's such a privilege and an honor to get the responsibility to like, raise and shape and love these little humans for the rest of your lives. But I mean, holy crap, it is so taxing and tiring. I mean, just this morning, I only had my oldest with me and I was hustling out of the door and I told her 50 times to eat her cereal while I was in the other room getting ready. She would not eat it. She kept just like just goofing around. And then finally I came out, I was ready, literally waiting for her to put her clothes on. And she started crying because she said she wanted to eat her cereal. And I just looked at her and I was like, girlfriend, for the last hour, I've been telling you to eat because I knew this is exactly what was going to happen. And I was so short with her. I was so like annoyed. She just was slower than a sloth. And I was going to be late for my first client. And I was just like, ah, how can we love something so much? And they also drive us absolutely freaking bananas. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, but I feel like as a mother, you know, kids definitely give you drive for sure. You know, I think, I also, without going into like a ton of bunny rabbit trails inside of all this, I had a lot of trouble getting pregnant. Um, my first one was when I was still married and, um, we, I had to go through a surgery. I have really severe endometriosis and they did not give us really any hope that we could get pregnant on our own. Um, and ironically, after one of our very last meetings with a fertility doctor, she told us it was probably not going to happen. We just needed to move on to another plan. And two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. So it was such a surprise. Um, and, you know, obviously was not thinking that was going to happen. Um, but I also went through a lot of very dark days over the last three years. And I remember my counselor telling me one time, she said, honestly, Brittany, she said, I think that little baby has been one of the reasons that you've kept getting out of bed every morning. And it was wild because I think about all the years leading up to getting pregnant. I had tried to get pregnant for quite some time and it just wasn't happening, wasn't happening, wasn't happening. And I didn't understand why, you know, even as a woman, I felt like something was wrong with me. Like one of the reasons I'm on this earth with the ability to carry and grow a human. Like I was failing at that because my body couldn't even do that. And so there was so much defeat attached to not being able to get pregnant. And, um, when I finally did get pregnant, when I saw kind of what I was saying earlier, when I saw the timeline of when she arrived and that she was a part of the very beginning of a spiral of my life, although it was absolutely chaotic raising a less than one year old during those days, um, I look back and see how like she was a very much a driving reason to get up every day to make myself care for someone other than just throwing myself a pity party. Um, And so I, you know, to kind of go back to your original question, guys, if you could only like have video right now and see my house, like it is a hot flipping mess. And some days I'm like, I cannot do all of this at one time. Like it, it definitely feels very overwhelming. Um, I mean, I literally was just talking to a friend yesterday. She has so much, so many years of, she's not in the medical field, but she has done so many years of research and like 
internal healing from a very holistic perspective. And with some of my health issues that I deal with, I just wanted to talk to her to find out like, what are some of these things that I could start changing in different supplements and juicing and things like that just to kind of like start to heal some of my body internally. And she was just reminding me how much adrenaline and that fight or flight mode can deteriorate our bodies physically. Um, you know, we don't see what it's doing on the inside or see what it's limiting our bodies from doing or being. And, you know, I recognize that I probably live in more of a fight or flight state than I would really like to admit, but that's just being very transparent. Um, I think that knowing that I'm going to fail, that I'm going to make mistakes, that I'm going to drop the ball. I mean, there was something just last week I realized that I had not prepared for for next week for my childcare, And so I literally had less than a week to like scramble and figure it all out. Um, so, you know, there are some days that I just really do not have it all together, but I think for me, you know, it's, I think most humans, we rise to the occasion. We're very resilient. And I think it's just the mindset of, I don't have any other option, you know? And I, I also look at it and think this is what, you know, we sometimes as human can have a very narrow perspective on, our current situations and it can be all consuming and it can be like horses with their blinders on. And it's like, all we see is the heartache we're going through or the breakup or the bills stacking on our counter or the stresses at work. And we forget that there's a much larger picture, you know, that again, what I said earlier, when we look back 10 years from now, it might seem a little less of a big deal than it does currently. And so I try to, when I get really overwhelmed or feel like I cannot do it all, I try to like force myself to mentally pull up to like a 30,000 foot view of my life and go, Brittany, that stress you have right now, that overwhelming feeling that you're drowning or you can't figure this out, or this is not going to work, or this idea you have is not happening as quickly as you thought. That is such a little blip on the radar of your entire existence. Do not get caught up on just that or do not be defeated by that one failure because in comparison to all the years you're going to live, it's so small. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm telling you that because that's what I aim to do. I don't always do that, but that's, I think the thing that I go back to is those little girls keep me going, you know, and I want them to have the most stable best life they can possibly have. Um, so I work my butt off to make sure I can give that to them. Um, but then I also just know that there's so much more to this life. There's so much more to our purpose. Um, and I think it's, it's very easy for us to want to get to the next thing that we think is going to make us happy, you know, like, Oh, well, whenever I'm in a house, then I'll really be happy. Or, Oh, whenever I'm at this particular position in my job or, Oh, when I have that relationship, um, that, that will make me happy. And I think for me, I've tried to really, really, really force myself. My counselor told me this, and this kind of summarizes everything I just said. She said, you know, this was right about the time that things kind of started falling apart in my life. And I, I was in such a dark, deep place. And she said to me, she said, you know, Brittany, you're basically in a pit right now. You've, you're down in a very dark, cold pit. And she said, you have two options. She said, you can either claw your way out. You can stress and you can strive and you can take those fingernails and literally do anything in your power to claw out of here, to get out of this uncomfortable place. She said, or your second option is, is to literally sit down in it to get yourself comfortable in the cold, in the dirt and in the, the darkness and embrace where you're at and learn every single possible lesson that you can inside of this pit and know that when you get the opportunity to walk out of this pit, that you're walking out of it with gold in your hands, that you are learning their life lessons that you can carry with you. Um, she said, but that option is, is the choice is yours. And so that really, really hit home with me. And That's so, so true. I saw something yeah. um, today that said something like, how do you know the thing that you're going through right now isn't what's supposed to prepare you for, for the oh, great thing that's coming? Gosh, I'm such a believer of that. That is, there's so much wisdom to that, you know, but like we all do it, right? We all want to claw our way out. Like who want, no one would choose pain or discomfort or like frustration, whether there be large or small, no one wants that, but holy crap, does it, it's, it's such a huge part of our stories. So 
we all need to to be quicker to embrace it than than just fighting it. You know, but I think it's our human nature, right? We've all done it. Yeah. Well, let's real quickly. Um, you know, you're talking about the darkness that you were in. Let's talk a little bit about what that was. You've mentioned yeah. that you went through a divorce when you had a very small child. Mm-hmm. Um, but around that same time, you also had another horrific tragedy in your life. Your sister was killed in a car accident. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, I had story in November of 2000, uh, let's see, 14. And my marriage was honestly pretty much on the rocks already. And we were trying to find our way up, try to go to intensive counseling, tried to do anything and everything we could to, um, fix that. And then in June of 2015, I had actually gone home. I normally would go home to visit my family like once this summer, around the holidays too, but I would specifically choose one time during the summer to go back for like a week and took Story with me. She was eight months old at that time. And I went back, I stayed for a week and I flew back home and my ex-husband was on a work trip and I was home with my daughter and I got a phone call one morning from my dad informing me that my sister, my middle sister had been killed in a car accident. And it was like the craziest thing because I don't like my suitcase had still not been unpacked from that trip prior to it was laying in my bedroom. And I think it's crazy. If you've ever been through any type of like traumatic situation, it's very strange. The tricks that your brain pulls on you because when my dad said all this, I didn't even understand the words. Like I had to sit there for a second and like replay it. And then I actually thought he said my mom or something. So I was very confused. Oh. And then my brain was also struggling. Cause I was like, wait a minute. Like I literally like less than a week, I believe I flew home on a Thursday or Friday. And that following Wednesday or Thursday morning is when I had gotten the phone call. So my brain was like, what do you mean she's dead? Like, I just was there. Like, we just sat at your kitchen table and talked, you know? So like, and then I went from that to like, I literally hit the floor and I let out the, this loudest wail. I don't, I've never heard that sound come out of my body again, but it was just like from the pit of your stomach because I, my brain was starting to slowly understand what he had just said. I can't imagine. I mean, it's unreal. And you and you and your sister's are like best friends, right? Oh yeah. I mean, we, we're sisters. We joke, say that we love hard and we hate hard, you know, obviously I don't hate my sister, but you yeah. get sisters too. You know, yeah. they're so special and you love them and they also drive you bananas, but you would do anything for them. And yeah. I think and much like you, like I'm one of three. And so it's like this little trio and we're all very different, but we all have, you know, similarities and shared life stories. And yeah, there's nothing like that, like that. Oh specific bond with it with it a really sibling is. because it's it, just like you are the only other person that went through basically all the same things you exactly know, you make fun of your parents together <laughs> you know there's always that totally or you know that when you go to like certain people's houses that you didn't really enjoy like at least you had each other and you could crack jokes or you know it's like oh man yeah and so I think the reality of like we're now missing one third of our trio like mm-hmm. and it was just very weird because it's the only way I can describe it. And I've been through so many grief classes and read books about grief. And one of the things they compare it to in any type of loss, whether that be traumatic or sudden or something you've anticipated when it's loss in your life, they equate it to like, like an appendage of your body. So, Mm. you know, if, if something all of a sudden happens and I lost my arm tomorrow, like it would be very traumatic. Like there, your brain would still try to function as if it's there. It would try to, it would trigger signals in my brain to use it, even if it's not there. So you have to go through like this, this grieving period of like almost reminding yourself like, Brittany, it's not there. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I still, we're three years out and I still can't take her off my favorites list in my Mm-mm. phone. And there's been so many times, like, I'm not even kidding you that I've thought of something I wanted to tell her and I literally will pull out my phone and I'll tap her number. And as it's dialing, I hang it up because I realize like, it's just pure habit, you know? Um, and so that's, it's a hard pill to swallow. And, you know, they, they talk about you are, you will never forget if you know, if my, my arm were to be gone tomorrow, I will never forget that my arm is not there. But as time goes on, you learn how to live without it. And 
it's just hard because you feel like in losing someone that you're by moving on, you feel like it's disservicing them or dishonoring them that you're like forgetting them or leaving them behind, you know? But I think that walking through this kind of grief, there's no, no way to be prepared for it. And you just have to face it every single day as messy as it is. There is no wrong or right answer. You know, every person in my immediate family, you know, my, my parents, they're, they're still married. And then I have my youngest sister, she's married, um, and has a little girl and they're actually expecting another one. And all of us have dealt with it differently. You know, I mean, I'm thankful that we've all stuck together, but like, we're all very different people now because of this loss too. And I think that that's something people don't really want to embrace. I mean, I can't tell you how many counseling sessions I bawled my eyes out because I was like, I don't like this Brittany. I don't want her. I want the old one, you know, when, when my sister was here or when I was still married and it was like, I was, I was pushing against because of the pain I was, had walked through the loss that I had. I didn't like that. I wanted things to go back to, safe and comfortable and predictable. Um, but I mean, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say, I realize now that although I look very different, I think differently. I have had to put a lot of things to the test. I'm really starting to love the person that I've become now. And I recognize that that Brittany would never have existed had I not walked through those things. I mean, maybe they could have come about in another way, but like the exact version of me, I don't think could have become that Brittany had I not walked through all of that. Now, granted, I don't know if I would have chosen all of that pain if I had the choice, but that's another way that I try to find positivity in very hard things that I've gone through because you know, that whole phrase, beauty from ashes, I was always like, oh, that's a nice phrase. You know, we all say it. We all kind of pass it around flippantly. But like, I have like lived in the ashes. I've like rolled around in them. And when you smell that and see that, you're like, there's absolutely no way anything good can come from all of this pain. I mean, to top it all off, and I didn't mention this, but just to like add insult to injury. So my marriage was falling apart. I lose my sister. That was in June, that following, so the, like September. So we're talking like two months later, we get mm-hmm. a phone call that my mom's mom who had Alzheimer's had passed away. Finally, we had all knew it was coming, but we didn't know when. So we literally flew back down to Texas within two months, going back into the exact same funeral home, the exact same chapel where we had my sister's viewing. We were now viewing my, my grandmother and she was buried to, um, plots over from my sister. So like talk about a sick deja vu. Like it was so fresh. Here we are facing this again, go through the holidays. And then in January, find out that my aunt had passed away who she was only in her, I don't even think she was in her sixties yet. Um, so flew back down to New Orleans for that funeral. I mean, it was just one so much despair and death and, Oh, well, and you, you talk, You talk about, you know, your life not turning out the way that you expected. And I'm sure that the way that it looks now is not at all what you were expecting when you were, oh, yeah. say, 18 years old and a senior in high school and yeah. envisioning the future. Um, you know, you know, not only your sister, but having two little girls and being a single mom. Right. How you said that you feel like you're a new, a different Brittany now. Um what do you think the biggest lessons you've learned are from this time period? What have you taken from it? And, and what are things that, you know, that people could learn from you that, I mean, that, so they don't have to go through it themselves. What are yeah. things people can learn from you that haven't been through these things or for people that are in the middle of these things right now? Cause okay. there are people right now, maybe that are listening that have lost someone that are going through a divorce, um, found out they were pregnant unexpectedly, something right. Like what could you tell people that are dealing with some of these really tough situations? Definitely. Um, gosh, man, one day I need to like sit down and write all of this. I have not journaled the way that I should have, but I'm like, maybe I'll just write a book one day and just spit it all out onto paper. Do it. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, it's like hard to remember everything. But, um, you know, I, I, I definitely want to give credit 
where credit is due. And I know that my relationship with Jesus has been my lifeline. Um, I, you know, whether you're a believer or not, I don't think that we're ever meant to go through anything in life on our own. And for me, um, I was introduced to a relationship with God at a very young age. And it was very personal to me um, because I understood that there was someone so much greater than this universe who wanted to had an interest in my life. And I think, you know, and I'm not going to lie, going through all the things I've gone through. I mean, there were days that I was hanging on my faith by a microscopic thread, you know, because when you're tested to that degree, you are like, wait a second, is there really a God? Why would you let someone go through all of this pain at one time? Like, this is almost cruel, you know, maybe you didn't cause it, but you allowed it. Like, where the hell are you? You know? And I think something very beautiful for me was recognizing that I felt safe enough to literally say that to God and be like, yo, listen, I'm still down with you and I'm cool with our relationship, but like what in the world? Like you, you got to show up here because I am falling apart at the seams and I feel like I cannot get up tomorrow morning. So you're going to have to start showing up and show up. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is in the littlest ways. I mean, it could have been, it was that one morning when I was feeling stressed out with the girls, I roll up to Starbucks and someone else had already paid for my drink ahead of me. Or literally just when I realized that I wasn't sure if I'd have enough money to make rent. I get some random check in the mail from my grandma, like little things like this, that where no one else would have known about it, but simply me just like verbally talking out the concerns in my life. Some of them I didn't even verbalize. Some were just thoughts that went through my head and no joke. It was like, there was always something little like that, that would show up at just the right time. And I feel like it was God's way of just being like, I see you, Brittany, like you are not alone. And although you feel like you're alone, that you are in despair and you are grieving. I mean, I literally felt like a time in my life, I was drowning in sorrow between three family members passing a divorce that honestly isolated me from almost everyone I knew here. And again, remembering I'm not from Indiana, all my family's down South. So then being in a state where I can't even leave because I have a child here, I felt on a whole nother level of alone. And, you know, I think, I guess a couple quick things maybe I could offer just out of, you know, encouragement is that I think sometimes you can be two types of people, you know, when you're walking through anything hard, you know, and my particular hard does not make or lessen anyone else's heart. You know, if, if you are married and have a healthy relationship with your family or your spouse and you both have great jobs and a beautiful home, but maybe something else is going on in your life. Maybe you found out a family member has cancer, like that's still a struggle. And so one thing I will never do is compare apples to oranges, you know, and I think it's very easy for someone who maybe goes, well, I'm not, I've never had a divorce or I've never lost someone. So I really shouldn't be complaining about what I'm going through. You know, I think there's wisdom intact. Like, yeah, maybe not like talk about the fact that you didn't get to get whatever, you know, Louie bag you wanted to and you're disappointed about it to someone who just lost a sister. Maybe that save that conversation for another day. But at the same time, like, I think it's very easy for people to just look over or neglect their own pain because, oh, well, it's not that bad or it's not compared to someone else's. You know, I think we all need to be okay with if you're hurting if you're walking through something challenging, like embrace that, like welcome it in and, and, and recognize that you are a human that is wired to have emotions and you are allowed to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. I think the biggest trap that we can get stuck in is when we settle down into that and we own it and we let it become our identity. You know, I could, yeah. If I wanted to, I could walk around and everyone could know that, well, I'm divorced or, well, I'm a single mom. You know, I and I, I'm not saying this in a braggy way, but if you do follow me on social media, like I don't say often that I'm a single mom. And yeah, do you that, don't talk about that. You would never know that. Yeah. And I do that very intentionally because being a single mom does not define me. You know, I'm in a position in my life that I never imagined I would be in, but I'm not going to allow the things that have gone on in my life to define who I am. And so I think, 
you can take that on any level, you know, again, your marital status, your career, your diagnosis for whatever disease you've just been diagnosed with. You can take those things and you can make it define you, or you can take those things and say, this is just another part of my story. Um, And I feel like that's another really helpful tool when you're going through challenging things, because I think the greatest tricks um, that we can fall into is, is feeling sorry for ourselves, you know? And I think you, like I said, you can be on either side of that spectrum though. You can be the type of person that's like Mr. Tough guy. Who's just going to completely ignore their pain, deny it till they're blue in the face and just, you know, ignore, ignore, ignore it. Well, then you could be the opposite spectrum where you announce it all over your social media. You're like walking around like flipping Eeyore and everyone knows woe is me. Honestly, neither of those extremes are healthy. But again, I feel like God wired us to have emotions for a reason. And I think if you suppress them, it's just as unhealthy if you're blasting them all over the place. So I think for me, I've been in counseling heavily for the last three years. And I feel like she's really helped me understand how to healthily sit with my feelings and my emotions. I've learned so much more about mindfulness. And I know it sounds like such a hippie yoga thing to say, but like, There's so much truthfulness in that. Okay, let's even say that your life is going fantastic. You know, we live in a very high-paced society where we want to be in, you know, this class or, you know, we want to take, you know, this online course for that. We got our kids to take to this practice and then we've got this dinner for our spouse and and we got to go to this Thanksgiving. It's like constant. Like we don't know how to slow down. And I think it's um, going through a lot of things that I've walked through. I've learned how powerful it is to just sit and be and give your mind a rest and you know, she always tells me ways to do that can even simply be like wherever you're sitting. If you're sitting at a coffee shop and you're listening to this podcast, it can be closing your eyes and just taking a big, deep breath in and smelling the smells around you, like um, putting, recognizing where your fingertips are and what you're touching. Is it the computer pad? Is it the table? Is it your little kid sitting next to you? Um, even she said like wiggling your toes. What are your feet touching? And all of that sounds so silly, but like when I was going through some of the most chaotic times of my life, my mind was my own worst enemy because it would race 24 seven. I mean, there were so many months that I did not hardly sleep at all because I couldn't shut my brain down. And that simple exercise just helped me to kind of bring back into this moment, you know, fearing the future, fearing how I was going to provide for my family, fearing what people thought of me, fearing, um, how was my life going to work itself out? Like all of that was not benefiting anything at the present moment. And so I think having some control over our minds, um, can honestly bring about such great peace in our hearts because our minds can often be our worst enemies. And like I said, it can be something large and dramatic, or it can be that your mind is constantly filled with what you need to do next for work or the grocery list you need to make or the dry cleaning you need to pick up, you know, but we all do it. Our minds are just nutso. And so I think no matter what level of life you're walking through, you know, if you are on my train and you've gone through some major loss and heartache, I definitely can say from experience that that is going to be your best friend. Um, And also, I think one of the last things I would suggest is just being patient with yourself. And again, it's funny when I hear myself say some of these things, I'm like, oh my God, people can totally tell I go to counseling. I sound like I'm like a counseling. (laughs) Well, that's what it's for though. I mean, I go to counseling, so there's no shame there. Yeah. And it's funny now that I've gone this regularly, I'm like, I'm a firm believer in it. Even if your life's not falling apart, I think everyone needs a counselor. It's just such a great way to I bring yourself I, back to yes. a different, a per, someone's outside perspective is really invaluable when it comes to things you're oh dealing word. with in life. And it can't be, uh, sometimes it can't be someone so close to you. Like you're, you know, that's like a it. mom or a husband or even a friend, like you need someone that's like not involved in your everyday right. life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they're going to give you an unbiased perspective. You know, it's not going to be favorited on any one of the answers you're looking or worried for. about hurting your feelings or right. something. <laughs> yeah. We're paying them to like hurt our feelings. Yeah. They, they hurt to. my feelings. Tell me yes, what I need to know. Please, please. <laughs> well, I wanted um, to ask you also just swinging it back to, yeah. you know, talking about your faith. I've never been through the things that you've been through. And so I wonder how do you, I guess almost trust God again, because 
who's to say that something else might not happen in the future? That's really hard. And how do you, how do you go about life not being worried about that again and, and wondering if you're going to be protected from that? Um, for me, I'm always going, well, statistically, this is not right. likely to happen. <laughs> oh, there was just a plane crash yesterday. So, you know, my right. plane's definitely not, you know, I do things like mental gymnastics like that in my head, totally. but, but where do you land there? You know, I think, you know, we're all wired so differently. I'm sure personalities play into that on some degree. I was very fortunate and have always had a really great relationship with my parents. And, you know, for me, I've had a very awesome representation of a parent-child relationship and parents that were involved and wanted to care for. I knew if I needed anything, um, even still to this day, if I called and asked for help, they'd be there in a drop of a hat, you know, and I know that not everyone has had that opportunity. So it might be hard for you to mirror what I'm about to say. Um, but even if you can't mirror a parent relationship, there's somebody in your life, whether that be an aunt or an uncle or a best friend from college or a teacher back in middle school. Um, you know, if you can think of somebody in your life who has always been there consistently, no matter the highs and the lows that they have, they would bend over backwards. If you called them at 5am in the morning, they would be there. You knew you could count on them. And I think for me, my relationship with God started at a very early age, but it was never really about religion. I'm very fortunate that that's never really been like a thing for me. It's very much been believing in who Jesus says he is wholeheartedly. And I can honestly go through different times of my life, even from early on in my childhood to early, like out of high school years to young adult, um, to being married. I can go back and see these things, these practical life things where he pulled through in my life, where he was, where he showed up, where it could have only been something that God could have done. And I think in a way that I have stored those up in my heart over the years, and I have gone back to them and remembered who he is and what he's capable of. And, you know, according to the Bible, knowing who he is, and I'll be the first to admit, like, I don't get up every single day and read my Bible. Like I don't have all the things I really want to do concerning that. But for me, my relationship with Jesus has very much been about dialoguing and conversing. Like he's literally sitting right there next to me. And I think that's been my lifeline of hanging on to my relationship with him because I believe who he says he is. And I know that he cannot lie. It's not possible. And I know that when bad things happen to good people, it's not because he's causing it. You know, the universe is funny and all the things don't always make sense. But I have such belief that if I ask him to help, that he will help me. And if that help simply means help me through this, that, you know, it's if any of us that are parents, if our little kids stood at our feet and just put their hands in the air and said, Mom, will you please help me or will you please hold me? Unless you had something going on at the exact moment, there's not any one of us who would deny our child that at all. And I believe that that's how our relationship with Jesus is. And so for me, walking through all of this, um, I also have the faith that if I go through more hard things, which I'm sure I will, I'm only 33, I got a lot of life left to live, I hope, and there's definitely going to be more heartache, but I continue to go back to what I already know he's done. And that's my reference point. Um, You know, and I think it's, we all do that to some degree, right? We want references on anyone. If you're going to hire someone, you're going to look at their past history to project their future performance. And I think, you know, obviously I'm not hiring God here, but at the same time, (laughs) like I have a relationship with him. So I trust him. And sometimes trust is hard. Trusting is basically latching on in faith when you don't see the end result. And quite honestly, that's, that's another transparent thing right now where I'm at in my life. Like I run two businesses. I work all the time. I'm trying to raise two children that are civilized human beings, a part of this society. And I want to give them all the best things, but I don't know what that, like the rest of my life looks like. I'd love to own a house one day. I would love to be in a healthy relationship one day, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know where that's all going to come from or how that's going to end, but I have to just every day wake up and trust the process and trust that there are still a lot of beautiful lessons that are currently going on in my life. I don't want to miss. And so trust is a very hard thing, but it's so invaluable. Um, 
and you know, not to sound cliche, but like people disappoint you. They will, even ones that you love the most, but Jesus has never disappointed me. You know, I've, I've allowed my humanity to question him or to be angry at him or to just not want to talk to him. But at the end of the day, I believe who he says he is. So I feel like that's the one thing I can fully trust, even if I feel broken from other past relationships and cause me not to trust. He's the one thing I can trust. Yeah, so. I think I I think you hit on it key when you said relationship, because so often when when you hear people talk about, you know, they use the word religion or organized right. religion or the church or God in a very generic sense. And I think what they're missing sometimes is exactly that, that it is a relationship, mm-hmm. um, that it, it doesn't mean that you're always going to be real happy with God, <laughs> you Absolutely. know, and that's okay. Um, but a relationship is back and forth and it's communication and it's, you know, unconditional love. And mm-hmm. so I think that is just really important to point out for maybe anyone that's searching or, um, absolutely, you know, looking at this kind of thing, wondering about it. Um, but I think that's, that's really great that that's, you know, where you're getting a lot of your strength from. Um, Brittany, we, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to ask you, what are you, um, what are some goals that you have in the, in the next few years, maybe five years, 10 years? What do you, where do you see yourself? Where would you like to see yourself? Yeah. So, you know, I feel like it's funny you're asking that question because I was just meeting with, I just hired a girl recently to kind of help. She's like my virtual assistant. So I basically like pay her um, to do some of my back end office because like I said earlier, y'all think I got it all together. I cannot do all these things. So (laughs) help. That's another thing, learning to know when to ask for help. And I am probably top of the line worse at that. Um, That's something I'm trying to get better at. But she asked me that too. Um, at one of our meetings recently. And, you know, I, it's funny when you go through death and loss. And when I say death, I don't just only mean physical death, but like the death of my marriage and the loss of everything. I mean, there was so much loss involved in these last few years. It's really hard to dream. Like when you're experiencing so much negative, it's hard to be upbeat and positive. And look past today. (laughs) Oh my God, totally. Cause I'm like, for Pete's sake, I don't even know what dinner's going to look like, let alone five years from now. You know? <laughs> um, so for me, I'm just now, I mean, I'm on, I'm talking like in the last, probably within the last six months, have I been like intentionally stirring up my heart to start to dream again and start to desire because so much of my mind and body have been in fight or flight for so long that it's just been hard to really picture the future. But, you know, and it may sound silly, but even being a part of Monet, I feel like that stirred up some some potential dreams because I am I feel like I am wired for people. You know, even at a young age, it was, my parents would always joke. They're like, you wouldn't there was not a stranger you wouldn't talk to. And they said at night, whenever I would pray, they're like, well, your dad and I would sit there and look at each other while you were praying because they said you would use the biggest words ever. And they were like words that no little girl would ever be using. And you would have the longest prayers because you had so much communicating to do. So <laughs> I just love people. I love listening to them. You know, a thing I love about my job is that not only do I get to make them feel amazing, you know, that's always the desired goal. Every time someone's in my chair, I want them to walk out feeling like a little extra pep in their step about their appearance. But I'm grateful that I feel like God has given me an opportunity to create a safe space for people. Like I feel like I'm a hairstylist part counselor because people just unload to me. I mean, things that I'm like, uh, should you be telling me that? But it's cool because (laughs) I always joke. I'm like, I'm like a vault. Everything you say stays right in this chair and I leave it at the doorstep when I go home. Um, so, you know, I've been asking myself lately, like, what do I see? Because I feel like my passion for hair has run so thick these 10 years of doing it. It's turned into so much more than I ever pictured. I never wanted to own my own salon and I didn't really ever want to have employees, but I feel like there's some kind of combination here in, you know, in doing Monate since Monate is direct sales. A lot of people that sell it aren't hairstylists and, you know, that's definitely rocking our industry. So hairstylists that are on board with this, um, are kind of not the norm, which I love because I've always just not been the norm. And so I'm, 
I feel like in a weird way, I'm in a position to kind of be a trailblazer for that. And yeah, so and a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a big part of my heart that really loves education and, you know, not necessarily from like a teaching standpoint, but I love being able to help people. So whether that be the person sitting in my chair, I, they want help on how to know what products to use and what order to use them, how to style their hair, how to blow it out. I love explaining it, helping it, breaking it down into simple words or tips for them to understand, you know, but this Monate platform has been very interesting because some of the people that I'm under, you know, they have a really large reach and influence. So when they found out that I do hair, there's been like swarms of people coming to me asking very technical questions about the products or the ingredients or how to suggest to use this for this, that, and the other. And I freaking love it. Like I'll spend most of my nights responding direct to direct messages like, oh, this ingredient is in this product and this is how they should use it. I'm like, most people would find this annoying, but I'm like over here having the time of my life. Well, that's so. awesome. That's how you know that you're doing the exactly. you, what you should be doing. It's like if oh you, my gosh, so it, true. it's kind of like, it reminds me of why I'm doing this podcast because yes. I'm not making a dime. I'm actually right. <laughs> like losing money on it basically because I'm going to pay someone to help me edit it. But I just, I look forward to it so much. And there are just yes. so many people I want to talk to about so many things. And yep. it's like, that's how, you know, you're passionate about something and that you're, you know, you're going in the right direction and, and most, totally. and hopefully, you know, in, in your industry and even in this industry, in the podcasting industry, like those are both things that have a lot of potential and opportunity yes. in the future. And so it's like, um, I, I've been harping on this thing lately of, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to do the next thing Heck yes, girl. and the next thing, the next thing. Cause I've been so, I was kind of in the, like the the pits about like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't have a big plan. I don't know where I want to be in 10 years. Um, and then I was just like, that's it. Like you just keep doing the next thing and God's not gonna, um, not, God's not going to let you miss the thing that he has for you. He's not, he's not going to let you, um, accidentally walk by it. Uh, (laughs) you know, it's going to be there. So I don't have to try so hard to look for it. Right. Well, Um, and you even said it when we went to breakfast the other day, you know, you were telling me all the reasons why maybe you shouldn't do the podcast and you're starting to doubt yourself. And I was like, I literally even said to you, I was like, but you doing a podcast makes total sense. Like even knowing just who you are, the things you're passionate about. And I feel like, and you probably can relate to this too. When you are around someone, no matter what it is, let's say it's the freaking male lady or the lady or the guy bagging the groceries at the store. If, if someone loves what they do, if they're passionate about it, it oozes all over them. And I feel like you naturally respond to someone who's in their pocket and I'm sure there are so many things about doing this podcast that you're nervous about or you haven't quite figured out or you don't know how it's all going to work out. But it is like what you said, taking the next step. I heard someone say it. Sometimes you just have to do it afraid. You know, sometimes I think we wait till all our ducks are in a row or we've got it figured out because somehow in our mind, the safe side of our brain tells us if it's figured out, then we're good. But sometimes we just got to go like Actually, I saw um, you should go look it up because I think it was just yesterday. I don't know if you follow Will Smith on Instagram, but he posted this. He's so freaking inspirational. I saw I've that. Never, the, the one where they're jumping. Yes. And I, yes. I saw someone else post. It. I was like, what is this? And I have never looked at his Instagram before, but I saw I what I saw. I had that. goosebumps the whole time it was talking. And I watched it three times in a row because it was that good. But he was literally, it was playing all this footage of people jumping like off of a giant high dive or like bungee jumping or jumping out of a plane. And he was literally talking about that, like how many of us, they were showing all these people who were like questioning themselves and they were like getting to the very edge and then they would talk, psych themselves out and run back. And he was like that hesitation, that point, that pivot point of you either go or you don't go. That's the part that hang people up the most. And he said, sometimes our better option is to just go for it. Just go un- recklessly unabandoned for it. And you know what? If you fall and crash, then you fall and crash. You can pick yourself up from there. But what if you what if you jumped off that ledge and you succeeded? You know, I think so many of us just worry about all of the what ifs that we don't calculate the what if the goods, you know? And so I think that, you know, everything you said is so true, but for whether it be from you, from the podcast or from me being in the hair world, I mean, I have dreams of wanting to, to educate more people. I I would really like to get my business to a point where I'm generating the money I'd like to make so I can actually work less hours, be more present with my girls 
and do things with them, but still getting to help people. I mean, that's my goal is to help people. And I just think what you said was so true is, is if we can all find that thing that, you know, the thing that we wake up in the middle of the night because we have ideas about, or we can't stop thinking about it. Like that is literally God's way of saying like, Hey, you might want to look into this and maybe <laughs> it doesn't make sense right now, but maybe it will make sense 10, 15 years from now, you know? Yeah. And I think just go down that path, chase it unabandonedly. And I think, I think it will make sense down the road. And I know for me, going down the hair road was honestly quite that. And only being 10 years in, I'm already blown away of the the things that God's allowed me to be a part of and and the the things that it's pulled out inside of me. It's just got me super pumped for like what the next 10 years looks like. So some of it I'm still dreaming. Some of it I don't know, but I'm just kind of, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for the roller coaster And this is why Brittany's schedule is so packed. So when I try to make a hair appointment, (laughs) I have to do it like way in advance or I cannot get in because people are... Signing up, <laughs> getting bananas. I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of sift through that a little bit, but it's great. I'm, I'm it's such an honor, and I'm I'm so thankful to be in the position that I'm in, and I love what I do. So okay, hopefully. last two last two fun questions yes. for you. Okay, now if you don't have this one, I'm springing it on you. But do you have any mom hacks, like Ooh. things that you do that are like, oh, that helps make something easier. Um, trying to think of a good example. I'm sure I would. It's just trying to sift through what it would be. Um, like maybe something with food or sleep or something like that. Sleep, 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 sleep. Gosh. Oh my word. That's a really good question. Well, I should have, you know what? In the future, I got to send these to people before because that's hard. I don't know ah, that I could come up with that right now. There's things that I probably honestly do that I probably don't even think are hacks that probably are. True. So maybe I'll have to like get back to you on that. Well, one. if you come up with it, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Last question. Um, is there anything, not that you have time, but is there anything you've been reading or watching or listening to um, any kind of uh, entertainment thing that you could recommend to us? Oh man. Okay. Could be a podcast. I was going to say, I actually have two things. One is like self-help and the other one is like brainless mind activity. Um, yeah. The, so like the thing that I'm, okay. So yes, reading is not my strong suit. I really wish that it was, but I'm learning that if I can do things on audio, I do a lot of driving between dropping off children and getting to work. Um, and I'm laughing that I'm even on a podcast because your sister, (laughs) Lindsay, I remember when she started hers, I was like, Oh yes. And I'm thinking oh, I'm on a supporter and all this stuff. But I'm like, I suck. Like I probably haven't even listened to half of her podcasts, even though I love her to death. I just uh, suck at podcasts. But then here in the, probably the last like two months, I now turned into like a podcast guru. That's me. I, yeah. I love them now. But one of my ones right now I'm loving, um, it's these two girls, Erica Sheffer, and I can never remember Lindsay's last name, but they have a podcast called Often Ambitious, and I love it because they're two women, they're both entrepreneurs, um, and they are just all about like building women up, they're all about like business hacks, they're really savvy with social media, um, one of the, I think Erica, she does like branding and marketing, and actually um, there's an event going to be here in Indy, it is for Monate Market Partners, but I think there's like 200 tickets available. Um, but they're, we're doing an influencer conference. So it's all things social media. And Erica is going to be one of the co-hosts of that. Um, I was so honored they asked if I could um, come and help uh, do a little blip part as far as the hairstylist perspective as an influencer. But she is amazing. She is so great at the whole branding. Like I go to her stuff all the time. I'm like, please help me because you're, you got it together. But they're just, whether you sell anything, you don't sell anything. If you're on social media, they just get it and they understand the whole, I mean, they literally did a whole podcast the other day just about women um, being present. And they talked about how like, okay, so we're all social media driven, but when was the last time you went and had coffee with someone like face to face, not just like talk to them over social media. Oh, and last so week whole, with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. But their podcast was so great because they were like, we, are, we live in such a quote unquote, socially connected society, but we're losing the art of physically connecting with people. And so their whole podcast was dedicated to really going back to the basics and, and, you know, yes, do your social media well, use your branding well, but don't forget the art of connecting with the human. Okay. Soul. I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to that. I've seen you put it on your Instagram oh, stories, but I'm, it was such a good I one. just looked it up. So I'm definitely going to be listening to it. Yes. 
Um, I do feel like there's so many, oh my gosh, there's so many spiral conversations we could have out of this one. Cause I was just thinking, I was talking to someone yesterday about how the lack of real personal connection has led to, a, or at least is one small facet of like the addiction crisis that's facing, mm-hmm. facing our country right now. And I mean, that's not the main source of it, but I think that it contributes to it. So it does. Um, I actually, oh, I was just going to say, yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to keep going on your bunny rabbit trail. You're fine. You're fine. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I could go on about that too. Cause I just, you know, in my industry doing hair, like we do events often, you know, to try to get people in for business or to talk about the products. And I here in just the last year, I've been a part of several events. I've hosted several and it has blown my mind away. The amount of people who will online like RSVP or say that they're coming. And then the day of like, not many show up. And, you know, I've been doing this long enough where that does not offend me because it's just a part of it, right? Like you just have to like put yourself out there. It's a business move. But honestly, the takeaway for me was like, I was sad in my heart because I kept thinking like, is this the direction we're going that people are so connecting online that we are losing the art of, of face to face. And I'm still a large part, uh, old soul. So I love a good cup of coffee to just sit in front of someone and talk to them. Um, so yes, let's just remind all of our fellow listeners to go connect with someone, go get dinner with someone tonight. I actually have a girlfriend coming over this evening. We're both without our kids this weekend and we are just going to go have girl time together face to face and not over the phone. That sounds so so awesome. And I am totally with you on that. I try my best to make sure that I'm getting that time in, especially working from home by myself, it can get pretty lonely. So I like to like schedule lunch with people. Um, but you know what, Brittany, I think we might have to do this again sometime because I feel like you and I could talk forever about a million things. I agree. Um, a lot of other things we could cover so many things. So once I get this podcast thing down, we'll do it again. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much everyone for listening today. And thanks Brittany for taking time out of your very busy schedule to chat with us. And, um, we'll see you next time on worth your time. What did I tell you? She brought it. So much good stuff in there. I'm so thankful to Brittany uh, for opening up her heart and just her life and being so transparent and vulnerable with me and with you guys that are listening. Um, I think she has learned a lot and some of the hard things she's gone through, and there's a lot that we can all take from that conversation. So I really just encourage you to be inspired by it and to just um, go forward with whatever that thing is that you're scared of right now, or just dig deep with whatever thing you may be going through and recognize that um, it's preparing you for the next thing. And if you don't know what to do, you just do the next thing. So anyway, love that conversation. I hope you did too. I'll see you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.